Just say it with me. I'm healthy, happy, holy, humble, faith-filled, fun-loving, born again, child of God. I mean, that's the dream that God's placed in every person's heart. I thought about it. What's the alternative? To be sick? To be sad? To be busted? Not liking people? I mean, come on. What? The alternative is not any good. Amen? And see, the Bible says that Jesus has come to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. It doesn't mean there's not a battle. It doesn't mean that there's difficult choices. It doesn't mean that we don't have problems. But it means that we can go through those things knowing that God is with us. Amen? Amen. I love you this morning. What a great, great Sunday. What a great time to be in God's house. You couldn't have picked a better place to be. And I want to thank you for joining with us this morning. We are in a series entitled The Welcome Mat. And we're just preparing ourselves for the big day. We're preparing ourselves for this next season in the stage and the history and the life of this great church. You know, we have a 9 o'clock campus here. And uh, just down the road at the Millennium Campus at 1030, we have another campus. We have one church in two locations. If you're brand new to City Church, you might not have known that. But we have completely different worship styles. We have our youth band, our wide open band that's over at the Millennium Campus. And, uh, and we're just so excited about what God's doing in this season. We've gone back to school and now we're going to go back to church. And really the challenge for everyone in the church is to invite someone to come with you. To invite someone to come. I'm going to have Ed Cadavid come. I just We're going to, this whole concept this morning, we're going to be talking about hospitality. And we are a church that's welcoming to everyone. And I want to welcome Brother Ed Cadavid. Let's give Ed a great big hand. Welcome, Ed. Thank you. I call him Eddie Van Halen Cadavid. <laughs> oh, Eddie, man, he can play the guitar. It's great to have you on the praise team. Thank you, Pastor. And uh, we're just going to go ahead and we're just going to greet the people. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Buenos dias, todos. Uh, we are so glad that you're here today. Estamos felices de tenerlos aquí hoy. This week we kicked off back to school at City Church Academy. Esta semana empezamos el regreso al cole a la iglesia. And we have had our largest enrollment for the first day in the history of our church. Tenemos mucha gente que está nueva en nuestra iglesia. That was a long string. Fue mucho que habló. Muchísimo bla bla bla. Hey, there's more words there now. Perdón. Hey, tonight is our members seminar. Esta noche es el seminar nuevo Start, de, para los it, miembros nuevos. It starts at five o'clock. Empieza a las cinco. And our own chef Daniel Boulet. Y nuestro chef Daniel Boulet. prepared the meal. Come on. Va a preparar la comida. Qué bueno. Mm, yummy. He's looking at me, shaking his head. Come on. <laughs> we love Chef Daniel, and he's prepared the meal tonight. Él está preparando la comida esta noche. And then next Sunday y la próxima, el próximo domingo, is back to church. Volvemos a la iglesia. And Regreso after this service, después de este servicio, we're going to have a party. Vamos a tener una fiesta. Bounce house for the kids. Casa de, para los niños. Games. Muchos juegos. Food. Comida. Fun. Diversión. All those wonderful things. Todas esas cosas. So bring a friend. Traiga un amigo. We have awesome postcards that you can take today. I think I actually have. Tenemos postales para que entregue a los. He's working on it. Aquí en Univision. What do I do with my postcard? Oh well. Hey man, hey, let's give Ed a great big hand. Muchas gracias, muchas gracias. Bless you, buddy. City Church is a church where 
Everyone's welcome. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's wanted. Come on, everyone's wanted. Red, yellow, black, and white. Broke, busted, disgusted, rich, addicted, not addicted. I mean, we don't care where you're at in your life because we know that when you get into the presence of God, your life will change. And God's not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter. He doesn't care what color, what creed, what's the label that you wear in your badge when you go into a voting booth. He doesn't care. He loves people. Amen? And we love people. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to look at two passages of Scripture. The title of my message today is Radical Hospitality. Radical Hospitality. We're going to look at two passages of Scripture. The first one's found in the New Testament. It's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. We'll be receiving, just in case you thought I forgot to I was taking the offering this morning. We will take the offering at the end of our service like we've been doing over the last few weeks. And so you can prepare yourself to, uh, to give this morning and just a little while at the end of the message. First Peter chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 9 and 10. And then we're going to skip over to the Old Testament, to the very first book of the Bible, the book of beginnings. We're going to read Genesis chapter 18. Could you stand with me this morning in honor of the reading of God's Word? First Peter chapter 4. I'm going to read the previous verse. It's not up on the screen. I encourage you to bring your Bibles. We are Bible people. We preach the Bible. We believe the Bible. This is the, this is the instruction manual that God, basic instruction manual that God has given us before we leave this earth and spend eternity with Him. And I just I encourage you, man. It's, you get the book and you read the book, and this book has the power to change your life. God's speaking to you, His love letter to you. I'm going to read verse number 8 just kind of as a preface. It's above all. Everyone say, above all, love each other deeply. You ever think about that? Love each other deeply. This isn't a suggestion. This is a command. Peter's writing to the church, a church that's been scattered, a church that's been heard, a a church that's had uh, oppressive things take place in their culture. People didn't like their ideology. People didn't like what they believed about Jesus and about God and persecuted them. And he's writing to them and he's expressing this command. He says, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love covers over a multitude of sins. Look at verse number 9 now. Offer hospitality to one another. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Let's pray. Father... In these next few moments, I thank you for your grace and your power that's here today. I thank you, Lord, that you created us and called us and designed us and destined us to be people who love one another. I thank you that at City Church, Lord, you created us with a mission and a mandate to bring your love to this city and this community one person at a time. God, I pray that you will help us to love those who are already sitting right here in these own seats next to us on a Sunday morning gathering. I pray that walls of bitterness and hurt and things that have hindered have kept us from loving one another. I pray that they'll be broken down. Jesus, I pray that we will look into your eyes and we will see your great love. And because we've encountered your love, it will flow out to one another and to this community and city and our world. Bless your people today. Give them spiritual ears to hear. Give me a mouth to speak. Jesus, I ask this. I want to speak your word in your wonderful and mighty name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I spent the first 10 years of my work life, my professional work, 
just my first 10 years of my work life, high school and all through college, I, I worked in the hospitality industry. Every person in this room, God has prepared you for this season of life. Uh, whatever you have done, whatever experiences, whatever you have walked through in this life has prepared you for this season, for this time, for this place that you are today. I spent the first 10 years of my work world experiencing a world that I didn't even know existed. It was the hospitality industry. A lot of my stories that I tell here, and there's been quite a few humorous ones, have come out of my experience before I became a pastor, before I entered into ministry. And that was serving other people. And I had some great experiences serving other people. It wasn't always easy. I mean, what I discovered as a servant is, is that if someone got sick on the table and they barfed in the middle of their mat, I had to clean it up. That's not, now that wasn't the general rule of thumb. It didn't generally happen, but it happened. I had to do it. Uh, but I also had the privilege of meeting some pretty incredible people. I, I worked in a particular place, in a particular atmosphere, in a couple different restaurants where very famous people from our culture and from the world would come and they would dine. It was a great experience. And, and one of the things that I learned in that, in that environment was the power of hospitality. I learned that the very best waiters in the world didn't do it because of a tip. They did it because they really liked people. They really liked to serve. And they really liked to anticipate the needs of people and to meet those needs. In the Greek, the word hospitality is phileo xenos. Everyone say phileo. Everyone say xenos. The word phileo is, you know, we get the word Philadelphia, brotherly love. It's a, it's a love that really only a believer can express to another believer. It's, it, you know, it does have the context of loving one another or loving other people, but it really is a God kind of love. It's a, it's a brotherly love towards another individual. Phileo, love. The word xenos means stranger. That's what it means. It means so. This phileo xenos means love of a stranger. Translated into the English is hospitality. That's what it means. A love of a stranger is translated in our English language as hospitality. I, I read every verse, and there's, you know, there's lots of passages in the Bible. Lots and lots of passages, and we're going to look at one here in just a moment. But, but I read every verse in the New Testament on hospitality. And this is what I discovered. It was never an option for the Christian church. For the believers in Christ, hospitality was never an option. As a matter of fact, it was a command. And when Peter commanded the believers to practice hospitality, he said, do it without grumbling. You know, because there's something in us. I mean, we're busy. It's, it's difficult. We're trying to figure out a time for my wife and I to have some people over to our house and I mean, we work like you guys. We're at this campus sometimes, 50. Last week, school starting. We're maybe here 60 hours a week, and, and we're busy, and we're trying to just run to the store real quick. We're out of cream and trying to live life and get our boys over here and take care of this and get them back to school and all these things. We feel just like you guys. I mean, life is busy. Life is full tilt. We have all these demands put upon us, and then the thought of opening up my home or bringing some people over to, wow, it's overwhelming. I begin, you know, I begin to think in my own life, wow, it's a real challenge in our culture and the kind of lives that we live to be people who continually practice hospitality. 
I'm going to speak to us as a church this morning, breaking it down into what it looks like inside the context of these four walls and inside of the context of the Millennium Campus Church. But this, this principle of hospitality goes way farther than just inside of a building. As a matter of fact, this concept of hospitality goes outside the walls into the community, the city, and the world in which you exist and which you live. In our church, we have a man that exemplifies, in my judgment, a person who loves hospitality. And the way that I know that is because he just makes everyone feel so welcome. If you have been in this church more than one time, you have probably met this individual. And so this morning, I'm going to welcome Kenny Hallam to the City Church platform. Can we give Kenny a great big hand this morning? you got to come all the way around. Kenny, I'm just going to let you go ahead and come on up and have a seat here. I first met Kenny at Starbucks. Kenny uh, was work. There used to be a Starbucks located in the Seminole Town Mall. There was actually two of them, right? There was one upstairs and downstairs, and Kenny worked in the downstairs Starbucks. And um, my first experience of meeting Kenny, and I was overwhelmed when I met this guy. I had no idea he was a Christian or a believer, but I'd go into Starbucks, and I, I kind of—I'm a Seattle guy. I actually watched Starbucks, Starbucks come into an existence. And uh, so I loved going to Starbucks, and I went into Starbucks, and I saw this guy working, and I was so blown away by his friendliness. And everybody that went in there, it seemed like, knew his name. Everybody knew Kenny's name. As a matter of fact, I would stand there, and I watched people one time, people that would work in the different department stores, they would come down on their break and just kind of pass through the Starbucks so they could say hi and get their love and get their hug and get their hi from Kenny. And I knew there was something very special about this individual. He didn't know, I mean, I didn't know that he knew that I was a pastor. He already knew. Somehow, somebody told him, and so he was watching me. And uh, we began to develop a relationship, and Kenny ended up here at City Church. And, and Kenny, I want to ask you, kind of, why do you, I mean, some people, some people think it's overwhelming. Because uh, sometimes, you know, if, I remember one time, somebody, the very first time here, and you came up, and you really were expressing lots of love to them. <laughs> And they could not leave this place not knowing that someone cared about them. Tell me why you, why you do that. Why do you express that kind of love to people that you just meet for the very first time? Why would you do that? I knew I was going to get asked this question. And the whole time I was waiting, I was trying to come up with an answer that sounded good. And I have no answer except for it's who I am. It's why not. It's what God's called us to do. Um, I was listening to Adventures in Odyssey yesterday, and they went back to the verse of, First Corinthians 13, and it talked about if I could speak with tongues of men and angels, if I gave everything away, if I sacrificed my life, if I did all these things, if I gave everything to the poor, but if I didn't love, it's worthless. We, we, we look at ourselves and we sit there and say, wow, you know, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues. I do these things. But yet the person who comes in isn't looking for you to speak the tongues to them. The person who comes in is looking for somebody to love them. To love them. To meet That's them good. where they're at and to just sit there and know that, wow, there's somebody who's not looking for some. I was speaking to somebody the other day who I invited to church, and they went to another church because they live out that way. And they said, I was, I don't understand it. Why did people like me? It made me nervous. He says, I have to earn somebody's love. And I don't want anybody to come here and feel they have to earn it. I want them to be able to come in off the street and know that I cared about them before I even knew who they were. Oh. So. So people come, amen, that's a great answer. And I have a feeling that it just doesn't happen inside the 
four walls of this building. As a matter of fact, I know that it happens out there. And uh, why don't you tell us about an experience that you had recently with uh, a person that you had been inviting to come to church for a period of time? Um, working at UPS, I invite a lot of people to church, and I've invited a lot of people to church for a lot of years. And you always get, I'm going to come to church, I'm going to come to church one day, well, you know, and it's years and years and years. And it can get How often do you invite people to church? Um, every day. Every- I go by the same people every day and invite the same people every day. And if there's new people, I have the opportunity. Cause you ever I invite train- somebody to church at the grocery store? Oh, yeah, every day. Every day I go to the store, I invite somebody to church. Every time he goes to the grocery store, you invite someone to church. Okay? Correct. Why do you want him to come to church? Because this is a church where you're going to grow. You can't not come to this church and not grow. You can't come to this church and if not you want to grow. If, you, if want. you want to grow. that's If you want to, that's true. But you have to choose not to if you come here. Because this is a church that's going to love you. This is a church that you're going to come and hear God's word. And you're going to just, you're going to have to make a decision on what you're going to do at that moment. I invited a friend of mine, and I invited and invited, as I always do. And for, you know, 10 years, I would How many years? 10 years. 10 years you yeah. invited the same person to church. Yeah. Wow. And over and over and over. Did you hear that? How many years? Let's just all say that together. Amazing. 10 years. Wow. And one day I was pulling out of the park lot to run up to the um, gas station at Millennium Campus, and they're pulling in. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, are you coming to church? They're like, Yeah. So I hurried up and came back, and they were talking to April. I gave them a hug and everything. I said, my goodness, I can't believe you're here. They said, I never forgot. I never forgot. And so after 10 years, and are they still coming to City Church? Yeah, they're coming. They, they, they went to the class. I hope they're going to the membership class tonight. They've been coming to actually the two services. They come in the first service and second service. Their kids are coming. and You just you can never give up. You get discouraged so easily after a month, two months. But years and years and years, you never know at what point it is going to be that person. Well, I remember wow. that circumstance, whatever it is, the difference in churches, they might find they need to grow somewhere else and change. You never know. That's amazing. Ten years in the person. And they don't just go to the one service. They go to two services. That's amazing. Okay, let's give Kenny a great big hand. Thanks, brother. Yeah, you can just... You can't step down off the stage at the Millennium Campus. My wife and I, when we came to City Church, we came with a mission. And, and really, this message here is for the body. This is for this church family. And we want to express our heart today to you. Because you are the carriers of the DNA, the spiritual DNA of this local church into this community, into this city. You're the carriers of it. And Kenny represents exactly what we desire to see in people's life. A perfect life. No one's got it all figured out here. A person who has God's love inside of them, and that love flows out of their heart into the lives and hearts of other people. Ten years of inviting a person. That's an amazing thing. An amazing thing. And I, I, this morning, uh, I, want you just to, I want you to look at the screen. I have the mission statement. I'm going to put it up here just as a reminder of kind of our values and what we believe is significant and important to us as a church family. And we're going to look at the life of Abraham, a man who modeled hospitality, the father of all faith, the man who for all believers, for all time, all believers, all time, modeled what it was to be a hospitable person, a person who loved God. City Church of Orlando exists. I wrote this mission statement before we actually ever had a public service. I wrote this mission statement while I was still dreaming about what I believe God wanted this church community to be. 
I want this. That City Church of Orlando sets out a welcome mat of hospitality. Oh, that's the big idea. There's a should be a mission statement there. Is there a mission statement? City Church exists. There we go. Oh, good job. City Church exists to bring God's love to this city one person at a time. Every child, every child that walks on this campus is a child that we believe God's given us a mission to demonstrate and to show His love to. We have little children that we have chapel every day over there. It's so cool. My wife was telling me this week that last year one of the kids came to our preschool. Their family never went to church. And this little three-year-old kid started learning the Bible memory verses and started learning the songs and took them home. Exactly what we pray over our preschool. And we pray over these children. And that little child began to sing those songs at home and begin to talk about Jesus at home. And you know what happened? That family, this is true. My wife just told me this guy came and talked to my wife this week. That guy, something in his heart began to open himself up to God. And the teacher in the class began to talk to him about Jesus. And, and then he said, well, maybe I'd go to church with you. And she goes to another local church in our community. He ended up going to his, her church. He gave his life to Jesus. His wife gave his life to Jesus. And now they are serving in that local church. Come on, let's give God a great big hand. Bringing God's love to one person at a time. It's about the one. To worship Jesus with people from every nation, generation, and culture. You look at either one of our campuses on any Sunday morning, we have people from every walk of life, from every culture, from every linguistic group. It's just an awesome thing to see City Church reflect the community and the culture and the generation in which we live. I mean, this is a God thing. God put it in our heart to worship people from every nation. The Greek word nation is ethnos, means ethnic groups. To connect in relationship together. To equip them to be devoted followers of Christ. And to release them. To release you into your ministry. To release you into your ministry. To show hospitality. Love to a stranger. In Genesis chapter 18. I want you to look at the story of this man named Abram. Abram was a great, great, great man. Because he was really the first guy that we see in the Bible. Who didn't know God. Who was far from God. He grew up among a pagan group of people. His father was an idol maker and an idol worshiper. And he hears the call of God. He hears the voice of God in his generation. In Genesis chapter 18, verse number 1, this story here really sets a pattern for all of Judaism and all of Christianity of what it is to be a person of hospitality. I mean, this guy models. And as a matter of fact, when the New Testament writers wrote about hospitality, this is the story that they're referring to. A guy who loved strangers. A guy who had a heart for people who were outside of his community. The Bible says in verse number one, The Lord appeared to Abram near the great trees of the Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. In verse number one, we see God describing that he comes to Abram. The problem for Abram or Abraham is that he doesn't know that it's God yet. He doesn't know that it's God. He has no idea that these three men, one of them is the Lord and the other two are angels. In the Bible, whenever we see encounters like this in the Old Testament, theologians call this a Christophany. Everyone say Christophany. That's a big theological word. It just means an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. And see, Jesus didn't come in human form until he was born from Mary the mother who was a virgin and conceived by the Holy Spirit. 
In the Old Testament, we see this manifestation, this, this appearance of Jesus to this man, Abram. The Lord appears to him, and he doesn't know it. And two other men. Two other men who are angels. And Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says that we are to entertain strangers because some of you have even entertained angels. See, sometimes Jesus comes to us and we don't recognize it because we don't see them as God. But Jesus said this in Matthew 25. He said, uh, when you gave me a cup of cold water and I was thirsty, when you gave me food and I was hungry, when you gave me clothes when I was naked. When you went to visit me in prison. And, and they said, well, Lord, when do we do these things? He said, well, as a matter of fact, you didn't do these things. <laughs> as a matter of fact, you didn't do these things. But those of you that did, when you did it unto the least of these, when you did it unto the stranger, when you did it unto the person that you didn't think deserved it, when you did it uh, unto this little child, when you ministered and served in my name, then you did it unto me. Then you did it unto me. The Lord appeared to Abram. And I love this because there is this expectation. Look at verse number two. And Abram looked up and he saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. And he said, if I found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Abram was looking for an opportunity to serve. He's at his tent. It's the middle of the day. He's hot. I mean, one of the reasons that hospitality is, is hard and difficult because it usually comes at a time when it's not convenient for us. Come on. The re, it's not convenient. We're too busy. The re, you know, come on. We come to church on a Sunday morning. And we are busy to get to church so that we can have a worship and word experience. So that we can watch the pastor on fire run around the building and jump up on a chair and shout and spit and shundai a little bit at you. I mean, we come. We want to have this worship, whatever, you know, whatever your expectation. We come and we just barrel ourselves in and, and we forget about those who come from outside into our community i see because every sunday last sunday we had over 25 people come to this church either this campus or the millennium campus for the very first time come on give god a big hand but here's the deal we had we had appointed and anointed greeters but that ain't the way it is you see every person in this room has been commissioned by god Every person in this room has been called by God to be a minister. Say, I am a minister of Jesus Christ. And so it isn't just the chosen, frozen, and the appointed, anointed, and those are little badges that have been appointed to greet. It's every person in the room. Every person in the room. So it begins to change our perspective. Rather than sliding into the service when the worship is about halfway through. Rather than just, we just barely making it in and get our kids shut. No, no, no. When we, we begin to think differently about hospitality, about loving a stranger, about serving others, things begin to change in our world. I, I, I pull up here at 8 o'clock every Sunday morning, and I see we have a group of dedicated, we have some of the most dedicated volunteers on the planet. Come on, amen? And I honor them. we got the sound team and the tech team in the back. We have people setting up and, and doing all these things that are, to make this service happen. Every week at City Church, we have over 80 hours 
dedicated, over 80 hours dedicated to making this a place of hospitality. I mean, we work, we work hard, and I've got to tell you, it's a challenge. This is a 50-some-year-old building, and it's got holes in the roofs and carpet that's tired. And we've got all these challenges, but we still say, God, we're going to do the best we can do with what we have. Because we're looking for opportunities. Abram was looking. He looks up, and he sees these men. Look what the Bible says here. And when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent, and he met them, and he bowed low to the ground. I mean, literally... I mean, this is an act of humility. When you take hospitality serious, when you take serving other people serious, I mean, you, your spirit's humble. You come to them humbly. There's nothing like thinking you're something and having someone just put you in your place. Abraham takes exactly the opposite approach. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't come out there with, like, with his shotgun. What are you doing on my property, boys? I mean, we get this broken, confused mindset as believers because we watch too many John Wayne movies or Clint Eastwood movies or whatever movies. What are you doing on my property, boy? And we got ATV things and we got locks. And I mean, we got you got a better chance of getting mugged walking down the street than somebody breaking into your home at night. But, you know, we got so much fear. Someone's going to hurt me. And, and Abram takes exactly the opposite approach. He runs out. He runs to greet these strangers. He doesn't know it's God. He doesn't know that. See, and Abram's, he's looking outwards. Abram's always looking outwards. He's always looking out. That's what God's called us as a church. We're doing back to church Sunday. This little rap, I love that little boom, you know, we're doing, we all the pastors doing their thing and the boy coming, you know, this and it's fun. It's cute. But the fact is churches all over America are saying, you know what? We want to reach lost people for Jesus. We want this community to feel welcome. We want this community to feel, to, to feel like they're, they're cared for. We want this community to feel the warmth of God's spirit. And we want this community to know that there is power to change their life and their destiny. Someone said amen. If I found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. The, the, the word Lord here is not the same word Lord like the big L. This is, this is a, a, like if he was a waiting at a table and a doctor came in or, or a person of distinguishment came in. They would greet them by their title. He was greeting this man by the title, significance. He, he honored this individual as a significant. He didn't know who they were. He said, if I found, in other words, if, if my heart has been open to you and I feel warm and you kind of like what you see here, why don't you come on in? Why don't you come on in? Don't pass. You see, this man looked for the opportunity. And then look at, look at the next verse, number four. Let a little water be brought, and then you may wash all your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed, and then go on your way. Now that you've come to your servant, he made his guest feel welcome. He put out the welcome mat. We got, we got welcome mats here. Last week we talked about the woman at the well. She had a little bit of dirt on her, right? You can see that. And it really does have dirt. We're not taking that one back. It's got dirt, but we're getting the dirt off our feet so we can stand on the map that says, you don't, can't see it there, but it says, welcome friend. Welcome friend. In the Mexican culture, 
I used to live with a man who was from Mexico, and, and he had a sign when you first walked into his door. It was a little house, and had a real warm little picture, and it said, Mi casa su casa. My house is your house. That sense of welcoming, welcoming the stranger. He made him feel welcome, and he met a practical need. They were tired, and he brought water. He said, let me wash your feet. What a practical need in Eastern culture. It's not like America. If you took your shoes off of most of our feet, half the room would fall over. Right? Come on. But no, in their culture, this Hebrew culture, they're walking on dusty, dirty roads and washing the feet of an individual was a sign of honor and humility. It was a sign of real hospitality that you genuinely cared about an individual. Genuinely care. Someone shows up on our campus and we genuinely care about people. He provided water for their feet to wash them, but he also gave them food to eat. They were hungry. They had been traveling. They had been on a journey. When people come into this atmosphere, this church community and atmosphere, they're weary and they're tired. Many times they've been on a journey and life's been difficult. Maybe they've gone through a divorce or maybe they're struggling with addiction. Maybe they haven't been able to pay their bills and they lost their home. Maybe everything else is going pretty good, but their kids are messed up. I mean, people come here with all kinds of hurts and challenges. I mean, people come here and maybe that's you. Maybe you're part of this body and you come here. You need to hear someone say, welcome, friend. Let God's word, let the presence, the reason that we start off with praise and worship the way we do is because we believe that the presence of the Lord brings healing and life. We believe that in His presence there is fullness of joy and life forevermore. We believe that when we begin to worship God, He comes into our uh, our sphere, to our place in a, re- a realized way that brings a cleansing to our soul. There's nothing like the experience of powerful worship to begin to soften your heart to receive from God. Then we break the word of life. This is the book that has the power to change you. He gave them the water and he gave them the word. Jesus, Jesus gave living water. He said, out of your belly, out of your belly. He cried this out. It shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to flow through your life to wash you, to cleanse you. We had an awesome time in Saturday Night Prayer. It's one of our secret meetings that we have. Everyone's welcome, but it is a secret meeting. And man, I just said last night, God, was, it was just incredible. It was just incredible. The Spirit of God was here. God was ministering to people. Words were being spoken. And it was just so encouraging. It was encouraging. We had spent time in the presence of God preparing this service because we were laying out a welcome mat for you. We wanted you to come and to experience the presence of God. And we believe God always responds to the prayers of His people. And He didn't just put out a little bit of food. This guy, he put out a lot of food. I mean, look at verse number six. He gave his very best. When you show love of a stranger, when you show love to others, when you open your homes, you don't give your leftovers. Uh, you don't go down to the, to the store and find the bruised apple and the busted up banana. You don't go and find the, the, the three-day-old meat and hope it's still good. Dennis and Janet Crater, they have the gift of hospitality in our church. And they throw some of the best shingdings. Good old, I mean, it, you go over there and we have bonfires, man, and just food. And, and they bring out, it's a party. And they just have a gift. They have an incredible way of welcoming people. Not everyone has that gift to that extreme, but we all can give our best when we meet a stranger. 
We invite someone into our atmosphere, into our home. We don't give our leftovers. We don't even do, we're not even to do that with God. But most people treat the Lord that way. Most people treat the Lord. They give God their leftovers. No, no, no. See, when we entertain a stranger, when we welcome, we show hospitality, we're doing it to others. Jesus said we're doing it unto him. He gave his very best. Look at verses 6, 7, 8. And Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah, brought his wife in, brought his family. He didn't have any kids yet. He says, quick, hurry. He said, get three sayas of the finest flour, knead it, and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd, and he selected a choice tender calf, and he gave it to his servant. And he hurried, who pre- hurried to prepare it. They're in a hurry. They, they want this timely. How many of you have been to a restaurant, and you had to wait for an hour for your food? Come on. And you're like, hey, and the waiters, he's hiding out in the back room. He doesn't want to have to see your eyes again. And you're like, you're looking, you're looking for the waiter. And then you start to get up and you start, you go to the bathroom, but you're really looking to find where your food is. And maybe you can go back in the kitchen and help him out. Come on. I've been on that end where the food, the kitchen couldn't get it out fast enough. And you're like, hurry, hurry, hurry. But then you got to remember the chef's got a great big butcher knife in his hand. I've been chased out of one more than one kitchen. I got to tell you that. He said, "Hurry!" Then he brought some curds and milk. This guy had a party. Uh, probably this the thirty seeds of flour is about fifty six pounds. He made over fifty pounds of pita bread. He had a calf. He got some veal. He didn't just get. I mean, have you ever had veal before? It's so tender. Got this little calf. The meat's so tender, just melts in your mouth. I mean, he doesn't just give him leftovers. He didn't give him just kind of the dredge. No, he he gave these three guests, he gave him their best. He gave them their very best, and they came in, and and then he gives makes all this bread, and then he gives them some yogurt, which was, you know, what they drank, and or a smoothie, protein shake. I mean, whatever you want, you know, he lays it out. One scholar said he probably made over 150 pounds of food for three guys. I mean, that's a lot of food. What is he thinking? It was extravagant. He gave his very best with what he had. I've been in poor countries, very poor countries. I was in Haiti not too long ago. And, and when I went to Haiti and I was with a, a Christian pastor there. These guys don't have very much. But if they invite you into their home, man, they give you what they have. They love to give. You know why? Because Jesus is inside of them. And they get their house all clean. I mean, they just make it all nice and tidy. They make it all clean because they're inviting special guests. We open the doors here at City Church and we do our best with what God has given us. I mean, ain't as nice as that brand new building they're building down there, 417. It's 310,000 feet and it's brand spanking new. It ain't as nice maybe as the facility over here, but this is what the Lord has given us. And we do our best to present it, come on, to our special guests. We ought to offer our best. Not left over. My wife and I, we, we, and this isn't easy for anybody. But we made a decision that we were going to give our best of our time, our talent, and our treasures. And we did it long before we ever stood up on a microphone and told somebody else what to do. Long before I was ever a preacher, boy, I was practicing what I'm telling you. Giving my best. Giving my best of my tithe and my offerings. I mean, I love you guys, and I want the best for you. But if this is still a struggle in your relationship, and you know, you know where you're at with God in this. 
I don't have to tell you. I don't have to send you a reminder notice. You know if you come prepared to give God your best on a weekly basis. You know. The Holy Spirit's already spoken to you. I come on a Sunday night. just dragging my tail end in so I can have a little service. So I can check it. I come to serve. And this church, this spirit of hospitality sweeps through our church. We begin to give our best. We give God everything. And the more people that give God their best, the more people we influence and the more people we touch. And I got to tell you, you guys are doing a great job. I mean, we get so many responses from people that come for the very first time. Like your church is so welcome, so friendly. We don't want them just to feel welcome and friendly. We want them to connect to God and to one another. This next season at City Church, this is what happens. When we begin as a church, as a team, to begin to see the way that God sees, begin to welcome strangers with the gift of hospitality, and we lay it out, and each campus is doing it a little bit differently. You go over to the Millennium Campus, and they got nice mints in the bathroom. They got mints here? You guys got mints yet? Oh, they got mints over there. We're going to put this hospitality tent up there. It's going to say VIP, and, and everyone's a VIP. We want you to feel, we want everyone to feel important and special guy that stands outside the fence and he's homeless and lives out in the woods and he comes here every week to get bread. He's special to God. He's a VIP at City Church. Come on. He's a VIP at City Church. We don't sell seats. We don't have a signed seat because in this church, a white man can sit next to a black man. A red man can sit next to a yellow man. A male can sit next to a female. An alcoholic can sit next to a rich man. You see, God doesn't distinguish and neither do we. We love people. Bringing God's love to the city one person at a time. And I want you to see the reward. I want you, come on, you got to look at that. And after he's done, he still doesn't know that this is God. Where is your wife Sarah, they asked. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you. Listen, Abram is 99 years old. His wife is 89 years old. They've been hanging on to the promise that they would have a child for 25 years. And it never happened. It never happened. You know what? When God doesn't work the way that you think He should work in your life, you don't quit. You don't say, oh, I tried that tithe thing and it didn't work. Well, I tried serving down at that church, but those people are so mean. You know who was probably mean? You were probably the mean one. Everyone was just reacting to the way you were reacting. Oh, hallelujah. I love you. No, come on. Come on. Oh, 25 years waiting. Although the promise was afar off, he still believed. He said, not everything that I believe for has come to pass yet. I mean, there are things that God put in my heart at 26, I'm 49, 23 years, and I still haven't seen it come to pass. But I believe. I've got to shake it off sometimes because i got obstacles and challenges, frustrations and hurts and pains just like everyone else. But I keep my eyes fixed. I keep my eyes fixed. And look what the Lord says to him in verse number 10. Look what the Lord says to him. He says, then one of them, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Come on. There is a reward. There is a reward for those who diligently seek him. There is a reward for those who faithfully serve Him. There is a reward for those who faithfully do what God's created and called them to do. There is a reward. And even if you don't see that reward in this life, there is a life to come. 
And one day, Paul says, every one of us will stand before the judgment seat of God. And we will give an account for our life. And I ain't going to be standing next to you. I'm a little nervous to be standing by myself. And we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for every idle word that we spoke. We're going to give an account for every offering that we gave. We're going to give an account for every deed that we did. We're going to give an account, good, bad, and ugly. Whether you believe me or not, I'm just reporting to to you what Jesus said. He loves you. He has a reward for those who love strangers. He has a love. He has a reward for those who begin to love the way that He loved. Everywhere that Jesus went, the Bible says he went around doing good and he didn't ask people's political affiliation. He didn't look at the color of their skin. He didn't say, hey, can you pay for this yourself? No, the Bible says everywhere he went, he went around doing good and he healed. And that's the mission of this church. The mission of this church, we open our doors wide open. We open our hearts wide open to God's spirit to fill us with love for strangers to fill us for love for outsiders because next Sunday, back to church Sunday, you're going to bring some friends. And I'm going to try to be calm a little bit, you know, and not scare them off too much. And we're going to talk about Jesus. Come on. We're going to talk about Jesus. He's my best friend. And then we're going to throw a great big party. We're going to invite them to come and see and to meet Jesus next week. And you're going to bring your friends. I'm going to invite my friends. We're all just going to have a great big time. And then you're going to come to me and say, Pastor, we're more than 80% full. We better start a second service at the airport campus. Come on. Wow, there's more people in this city that need Jesus. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, my wife and I go down to the barn on a Saturday night and hand out cards to people inside of the barn. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people that need Jesus in this city. There's a lot of people that need Jesus in this community. Everywhere I go, i got a relationship with the mayor of the city. I've been working on him for almost a year, year now. Almost a year working on the mayor because he needs Jesus. He's one of those guys that Christina talked about, I used to go to church. I, used, and I make him a little bit nervous because he knows I'm always going to ask him to come to church. I keep texting, I love you, praying for you, Jeff. Believe in you. God's for you. God before you. Who can be against you? I love people. And God loves people. And that spirit of hospitality always has a reward. When we do it unto the least of these, we've done it unto him. One day we will stand before the judgment seat of God. And when he says, welcome, we'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I mean, come on, that's the greatest reward to have your father. You're a champion son. You did great, son. Daughter, I can't believe how you handled that situation. I can't believe the way you responded. Young girls working at a restaurant, and and there's millions of people around the country go to this restaurant to support the the owner of this restaurant because he believes what the Bible says about marriage. He just happens to believe what God says about marriage. Can you believe that? And he shuts his business down on Sunday. Can you believe that? He actually takes a Sabbath and he actually tithes 10% of his giving. And you wonder why he's blessed beyond belief. Millions of people go and support him. And some guy at a local business comes up, just begins to yell and scream at the little girl that's waiting out behind the counter. It's all over the internet. And she just smiles. She says, thank you, sir. I'm sorry you're having such a difficult day. She never reacts to this man. I'm thinking, give me that. I'm going to go through that. Yeah. And she's just so kind. You know why? She stood on national television and she said, well, you know, I was, I was raised this way. I gave my life to Jesus as a little girl. And I just wanted to do what, she, what I think Jesus would do. I'm like, wow, what a testimony. 
What a testimony. We love people. Not everyone loves us. I don't, you take a stand for Jesus in the workplace, not everyone's going to say, hey, I'm so happy you're a Christian. Man. They're not going to do that. You know what? There's something greater that we live for. Paul says, I don't live for the, the approval of man. If I did, I wouldn't be a servant of God. I live, I live for the approval of my Heavenly Father. That's our mission here at City Church is to live for the approval of our Heavenly Father. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's wanted. Everyone's loved. And everyone that walks through these doors has the power to be changed by the presence of the Spirit and the love of Jesus. Should have bow your heads this morning. We have a little connection card here. And on the back, I had a challenge I laid out for us today. I laid a challenge out for every person that's here today. Three people next Sunday. A couple of months back, we had a Sunday where we invited the community. And we had so many people at this first campus, at this service, that literally we didn't have enough chairs in the building. People on a Sunday morning, it was going all the way out the door. You guys remember that? I thought, you know what? We really demonstrated. That was the heart of God. We demonstrated the love of Jesus to this community. If every person on this little building right here takes this card, and on the back, there's three. I had just the people the people's names of three people that you want to invite to church and start to pray for them this week. Start to pray for them. Take one of these nice little cards. I don't know, I lost my card someplace, but we have a nice little welcome card. Do you have one there? Got a nice little card. You got one of these, you're, well, you're invited, invited cards. You take one of these cards and give it to a person. Give it to, you got three people, give it to three people. You just go ahead, just take just a moment right now and I want you to write their names down. I want you to write their names down. You're going to commit this week to inviting these three people. Maybe get one out of three. You're a great salesman. Salesman sells one out of three people. You've done a great job. And so you're going to pray the Holy Spirit's power and grace and His love for people. I believe that every person here can invite someone and bring them to experience the love of Jesus next week. If you're new here and you haven't been to our membership seminar, you can check that off in the back. We're looking for people to serve. Right now, the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart. I want you just to close your eyes, every person in this room. Maybe I spoke to you today. You don't know Jesus. You don't have that relationship that we've talked about. I mean, you've, you've been, you're pretty encouraged with what you hear. and You feel something inside. but You know that your life isn't where it should be with God. Maybe in the past you did. You know, Maybe in the past you went to church and you had a relationship with God, but over the years you just kind of drifted away from the Lord kind of doing it on your own, but it's just hard, not quite working, and, and the Holy Spirit's just speaking to you. The Father has drawn you back to Him today. There's a welcome mat out for you today. You're in this room. I don't want to leave this moment without giving you an opportunity to receive the forgiveness and the love of Jesus. If that's you here today, you know your life isn't right with God, we want to pray with you in just a moment. If you're here today, when I count to three, if you could raise your hand. One, two, three. Anyone in this room? A hand back there. Anyone else? 